Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the brand new series, Post to Post. In this podcast, we are going to go into in-depth details about all 32 NHL teams, as well as news from the league and updates on the current 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. I am your host, Azam, and let's get this show on the road. So let's get on the NHL. So the 2020 Stanley Cups are on the way in this unique team 24 team playoffs and right now Dallas and Tampa are battling it out with Tampa leading the series two games to one so let's go how these two teams got to this point first we begin with Dallas in the round robin they placed third in the Western Conference uh, playing against Calgary in round one now, Dallas would win this series four games to two, and this series changed in game four. When Dallas tied the game at, I believe it was 3-3 three, three with 11.9 seconds to go in the third period. This changed the series. Momentum switch, whole thing tipped the scales. Now, argumentally, you could say Game 6 was the changer when Dallas came back from a 3-0 deficit, but in my opinion, this was definitely the game changer. Uh, so we'll get into the goaltending, the top scorer, and then I'll give you the top player of the series for each team. So in goaltending for Calgary, Talbot went 2-3 with a 9-13 save percentage, a 3.02 goals against average, and one shutout. Riddick came in in Game 6, took the loss, and was absolutely horrendous with his .66 save percentage and a 10.88 goals against average. Now. Talbot was good in this series. He stole game three for Calgary, but there was a huge issue uh, with David Riddick coming in. And in game six, giving up those three easy goals, I would say pulling him was the wrong call. And I would have called a timeout instead, calmed the team down when it was tied 3-3 and gone from there because Talbot was your best player, in my opinion, for the Flames throughout the qualifier rounds as well as in round one. Now, Dallas used Kudobin and Bishop, but Kudobin carried the lead, heavy load as Bishop got injured again. Kudobin went 3-2 with a .918 save percentage and a 252 goals against average. While Bishop was unfit to play for Game 1 and through the qualifiers, he did come in for Game 2, went 1-0, but had a .846 save percentage and a 4.00 goals against average and has yet to play another game after the second round. Your top scorer for Calgary, Bennett and Dubé led their teams respectively with three goals each. Uh, Lindholm led in assists with three assists and Bennett led the Flames in points with five. 
for Dallas, Gurionov had six goals, Heiskanen had five assists, and Heiskanen led with eight points, and he was, uh, I would say, the top player for Dallas, contributing up and down the ice, defensively, offensively, was just a menace for the Flames to handle. And like I said, Cam Talbot was the top player for Calgary. He's stealing game three, but also keeping them in in every single game, even when they were outplayed and outworked he kept them in the game won some games for them so that is that but nonetheless dallas wins the series of round in round one in round two dallas faced colorado now dallas had colorado by the neck but it was a series where they made it to game seven that colorado pushed through so, and the series change was Game 7 OT goal. And who doesn't love a Game 7 or OT goal? That's like perfect, picture perfect uh, hockey for playoffs. Uh, Colorado ran into two major injuries in their goaltending. Firstly, Grubauer went out in Game 1. He did not return at all. Well, Francois came in, but he was also got injured. So what do they call upon? They call upon Michael Hutchinson to come in. They were already down 3-1 at this point. Uh, Francois went 1-3, but had a .862 save percentage and a 4.54 goals against average. And then Hutchinson coming in, making a series of the game, winning his two straight NHL playoff games, his first two with a .91 save percentage and a 2.75 goals against average. So he came in, gave some Colorado a chance, but unfortunately it wasn't enough. Dallas uh, used Kudobin again more. He went a point four and two with a point eight nine nine save percentage, but a higher three point four two goals against average. Bishop would make a return, but absolutely got hammered as he was pulled. Went zero and one point seven eight nine save percentage and a fifty six point nine three goals against average in this series. So and he has not made an appearance since so that was Kudobin again coming to carry the load your top scorer for each team Colorado McKinnon led in goals with five McKinnon and Ratton 11 assists both seven each and McKinnon 11 points 12 points to his name for Dallas, Radulov led with five goals. Heiskinen with six assists. He led the team. And Benin Heiskinen led the team in points with nine each. The top player for each team. So Colorado, Nathan McKinnon, he carried the team. He pushed them to the brink. He gave it everything it had and contributing on points and defensively, yet it still wasn't enough. Uh, and unfortunately, they went home after the second round. 
and the top player for Dallas was Jamie Ben and I will mention afterwards uh, Jamie Ben was absolutely great in this series he was physical he played uh, uh, he was assisting on a lot of plays he scored he was a big impact on the power play so Jamie Ben was this and of course your game 7 OT winner Joel Kiravanta he had not played a game but what happens he comes in scores a hat trick and kicks the kicks the butt of Colorado and sends them home so unfortunately Colorado goes home but uh, Joel Caravanta will always celebrate that OT goal in game seven to push Ve Dallas to play Vegas in round three now in round three Dallas won this series four games to one which no one saw it was tough Vegas also coming from you know being shut out and being absolutely shut on where well, she shut at the front door by um, sorry Thatcher Demko but they would get past Vancouver but they couldn't find their groove again so in this series changer was game five overtime you know it would look like Vegas was gonna push this game one more series one more game but it did not turn out that way uh, so goaltending Vegas used both Leonard and Fleury Fleury went 0-1 with a 0 0.960 save percentage and a 0 0.103 goals against average he did not play bad at all it was just not enough and his team didn't support him Leonard again played extremely well but again his team did not support him he went one in three with a 0.91 save percentage and a 0.198 goals against average with one shutout so unfortunately Leonard did not get to go into the Stanley Cup finals but I believe as a side note he will be staying in Vegas Dallas used Kudobin mainly except for one game when he got slammed and Odanger made his NHL debut so Kudobin went 4-1 with a 0.95 save percentage and a 1.69 goals against average with a sh one shutout and Odanger came in in relief did not give up a goal he fully saved all the shots Vegas had for top scores they had eight game eight players with a tie for goal with one goal uh, Paul Stastny was the name in there assist Stastny led with three assists and four points so Stastny was the leading scorer for Vegas and Dallas Ben had three goals Klingberg had three assists and Ben led with five points so again your captain coming in contributing but your top player for uh, Vegas was Robin Leonard he gave you a chance to win every single game 
he put in the maximum effort both goaltenders honestly with both of them with under two for goals against average and a great save percentage but couldn't get the offensive support and for Dallas it was Anton Kudobin he stole this series he shut down a high-powered Vegas Golden Knights offense. He was stopping everything, no matter what they threw at him. Kudobin was there to shut the door. And I don't know if you saw, but in his clip, he said when he was given the player of the game in game five, he's saying, we're not going home. And that shows the kind of player he is and the leader he is. So that led Dallas to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now Tampa Bay had to go through a little bit of more challenging teams, but they still were able to get there. They placed second in the Eastern Conference as a second seed, and they took Columbus to the in the first round. They took this series four to one, especially good for them after being swept by Columbus last year, four games to zero. So it was good bounce back for Tampa. Tampa won four one. Game five OT winner was the game series changer. And that was it. For goaltending, not as much as uses of both goaltenders. Columbus used Corpus Salo, who went one for four with a .932 save percentage and a 2-1-4 goals against average. At Tampa Bay went with Vasilevsky, who went four and one with a .930 save percentage and a 1.84 goals against average. Now this game, game one, went to a fifth overtime, and that was just so much fun to watch. But it was tiring for a lot of players. Seth Jones. Victor Hedman, both players were over 60 minutes. They literally played an entire game by themselves. Uh, your top scores, Columbus Borgstrad led with three goals. Dubois had five assists and Dubois led the team with six points. For the Lightning, Point led with four goals. Kucherov had six assists, and both Point and Kucherov led the team in points with seven each. And your top player for each one, you had Columbus. Jornis Koprasalo just was good. Again, similar to the series with Dallas and Vegas, had the goaltending, didn't have a lot of run support, and it was too much for Columbus to handle. And Nikita Kucherov for Tampa Bay, he showed up, he was there, he was their changer with your captain, Stamkos out. He came in, he was the leader, he led, and he made sure that their power play was clicking and they got the win, and in a repeat of last did not happen so moving on to round two where Tampa Bay would take on Boston and again we thought this series is going to get seven games but all it needed was five Tampa Bay wins the series 4-1 your series changing moment was the game three blowout they just destroyed Boston goaltending and that was it for them 
and obviously Tuka Rask had opted out because of a family issue and I just want to comment on that like can't blame the guy dude family comes first hockey is still gonna be there it's not like it's not uh, this team this team is so strong Boston is still strong for another couple of years but you gotta look the guy put his family first and for those who are bashing him well shame on you because you shouldn't be bashing a guy who's putting his family's health first so I support you to Karask on your decision and I hope your family and your daughter is doing better but let's go into some statistics for goaltending. For Boston, Halak went 1-4 with a .896 safe percentage and a 3.12 goals against average. Valdar came in in Game 3, but he wasn't any better. He went .800 safe percentage and a 6.27 goals against average. So the Boston goaltending was not there. Tampa Bay used one goaltender, Vasilevsky. He went 4-1 with a .930 save percentage and a 1.79 goals against average. Vasilevsky, again, similar to the series before, completely lights out. Boston was led by Marchand with four goals. Pasternak led in assists with four and led in points with six. Tampa Bay, Andre Palat led with five goals, point with seven assists, and led the team in points with eight. I give my top player to for Boston for David Pasternak. He was doing everything he could to stop to contribute to the offense. He had a ton of shots on net, made a lot of great plays, but unfortunately Boston could not stop get through the brick wall of Andre Vasilevsky. And for Tampa Bay, Braden Point, the Calgary kid, he just went out of his way and he was dynamic. He led the team in points. He led the team in assists. He was contributing on the power play and the forecheck and he would not let Boston come back in this series. So this was a good series for Tampa Bay. Going into round three against Barry Trotz's New York Islanders. So Tampa won the series 4-2. Your changer was game six overtime. Both teams were completely exhausted towards the end of the series. It was a tough series, but again, it was uh, not goaltending this time. It was the offense that showed up for goaltending. Uh, New York used two goaltenders. They used Varlamov and Grice. Grice started game one, but just was terrible. He went 0-1 with a .667 save percentage and a 16.3, sorry, 16.73 goals against average. And Varlamov went 2-3 with a .921 save percentage and a 2.46 goals against average. Varlamov was good, especially in Game 5. He In OT, he came up big. I do think Varlamov was a great pick for New York Islanders after coming out of Colorado. But your top scorers, Nielsen and Eberle, led two, had two goals each, which led the team in goals. Lee and Barzell led in assists 
and in points with four each. So not much production from the top team or sorry, top line from New York. Tampa Bay, your goals were led by Victor Hedman with four, Kucherov with eight assists and Kucherov led with 10 points. And he was again on fire similar to round one. And your top player, New York Islanders, Semyon Barlamov, he was absolutely great. Again, similar to a series we've seen before, like Vegas, uh, like Columbus, no support from his team at all. That shutdown type of hockey didn't happen. They were just giving up goals. And Tampa Bay, you got Nikita Kucherov again. Man, this guy is just so good. He led the team. You know, Stamkos is out, which is a big issue for them. But he led the team. He was there. He got it done with 10 points. And I know a lot of people question why I didn't choose. Uh, Sorelli as a game six OT winner. I love this guy. Honestly, he's a good third line. I think, you know, he'd be a good addition to any team. But he, that goal uh, was amazing. Pushed them to the playoffs, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, but uh, Stanley Cup finals. But it was Nikita Kudrov who led the way. So that wraps up the Stanley Cup led to the finals for both teams. Now, three games are done. Uh, Tampa Bay is leading the series 2-1. Now, this is I have a problem with where I disagree with the commissioner, Gary Bettman. The playoffs should not fight. The final round should not have started two days after Tampa Bay finishes their series with New York. Like, I get it. You want to focus on next season and get that rolling. But, dude, you have a team that is exhausted, that we're playing heavy games. Columbus is a heavy team. Uh, Boston is a heavy team. New York Islanders is a good, heavy team. You need to give a break. And that was literally what happened in game one. Two days after, Dallas takes advantage. Colum uh, sorry, Tampa Bay was completely tired. They couldn't skate. They literally were relying on Vasilevsky to play as best as he could. But again, fatigue comes into play. And Tampa Bay takes game one, 4-1. And Oleski's game-winning goal came at 12.30 of the second period. And uh, Dallas never looked back from there but game two comes along da Tampa Bay is rested and they are playing in game two and three goals in the first period in a span of three minutes and 53 seconds now this was good on Tampa's response but with Dallas you need to score that fifth goal or sorry that fourth goal to push them uh, to a point where it's not coming back and we saw this in the Calgary series where they didn't get the fourth goal in game six and Dallas came back and won the game but Tampa Bay went two for four on the power play and they held Dallas uh, to not tie the game but it was a close one as Dallas scored two goals uh, unanswered in the second and in the third to make it a one goal game yet Tampa Bay held on and the series was tied at 1-1 now game three happened yesterday big news 
Stephen Tams goes, the captain of Tampa Bay returns. He's ready to go. He's ready to play. And right off the bat, you got a team with full of energy. Tampa Bay just keeps scoring. And guess who scores goal number two uh, for Tampa Bay? Steven Stamkos. And he was just great. However, this man got injured again. Unfortunately, he stayed on the bench to cheer on his team and that shows the great captain uh, that he is and we saw Chara do this we saw another other players do this too you know they can't play but they're supporting their team they're how vocalizing themselves to make sure that the team goes and Vasilevsky was good and the top line just was phenomenal all three players Kucherov point Palat their play one goal one assist each and the power play was just fantastic Victor Hedman was a, is such a good defenseman and he's such an offensive mind defensive but he's also good and responsible in his defensive defensive zone but this guy just knows when to jump in the rush and you got a four on three or four on two coming back and you're just uh you guys are having trouble so that's that uh, for game three. So Dallas lost that game at a final score of 5-2 and Tampa Bay leads the series 2-1. Game four goes tomorrow on Sportsnet. If you are looking to catch the game, uh, I hope it looks to be entertaining series. I hope uh, this goes to game seven because, you know, who doesn't love Stanley Cup finals game seven? But we'll see. Tampa Bay looks like in full swing. And as we've seen, when they get good blowout games or when they get a goalie pulled, they always change that series, whether it be Boston or if it was New York Islanders, they know when to strike. So that wraps up the current Stanley Cup Finals in the round. Time to get into some league news with trades. Now, for trades, we got a couple here. The first one to kick it off was Pittsburgh receiving Kasperi Kapanen. Now, Toronto came in to the draft without a number one pick, at, oh, sorry, number first round pick, as they had traded that pick to Carolina to take on Patrick Marlowe's contract, which they bought out and then he re-signed in San Jose. So they needed to shed some cap as well as get a first round pick. So they got rid of Casper Kapanen. Uh, they also got rid of two prospects, Pontus Arberg and defenseman Jesper Lindgren. Toronto got the first round pick as well as two forwards, Evan Rodriguez and Philip Hallander, as well as defenseman David Warsofki. So good draft pick, good draft pick and prospects to solidify uh, Toronto to get rid of Kapanen as well as to get some cap space. I think honestly it's going to turn out as to what Toronto does in the offseason with free agency if they can get their defenseman going if a, that number one defenseman better angelo is available let's see what they do but i think as of right now pittsburgh wins this trade 
Uh, on the next one is on September 2nd. We've had Montreal receives goaltender Jake Allen and a seventh round pick. And St. Louis gets the 2023 round pick, which was originally Washington's, and the 2027th round pick, which was Chicago. St. Louis again trying to keep their captain Petrangelo, but they got a shed cap, and Jake Allen had to go as they keep their hopes up for Bennington to have a bounce back season after a terrible playoffs. On, I think, again, Montreal gets stronger on their net. They already have Carey Price. If St. Louis loses Petrangelo, Montreal will win this trade no matter what, unless these third and seventh round pick come into play later in the years. But as of right now, I say Montreal wins this trade. On September 11th, Minnesota trades Nick Bukestad, or sorry, Pittsburgh trades Nick Bukestad to Minnesota for a conditional seventh round pick. Again, trying to shed some cap. I think it's good for Minnesota. You get some veteran experience, uh, but you know, a uh, younger veteran experience, but I think, you know, it evens out for Pittsburgh and for Minnesota. So I call this an even trade. Uh, next day, Montreal gets Joel Edmondson from Carolina uh, for a fifth-round pick. Joel Edmondson is a great shutdown defenseman. <laughs> Excuse me. Great shutdown defenseman. He's also good with shooting the puck. Carolina, again, has too many defensemen, and they're trying to get rid of some, so this is a good trade. Montreal, I think it solidifies their defensemen. Unfortunately, I think Carolina loses this trade. A couple days later, Minnesota trades with Buffalo, giving up Eric Stahl for Marcus Johansson. One for one. I don't know what Minnesota is doing. You get Nick Bukestad, you're looking for there. A good, you know, rebuild, bounce back season, but Marcus Johansson is not your answer. And Eric Stahl, yes, he's older, but he's experienced. He knows what he's doing. He's just such a good forward with such good uh, hockey IQ. Yes, you still have Miku Koivu and you have Brett or sorry, Ryan Suter, but I think Eric Stahl made that lineup better. So sorry, Minnesota, but Buffalo wins this trade. A couple days later, actually today, September 24th, yesterday, would have been yesterday for you guys. Uh, Pittsburgh receives Mike Matheson and Colton Sevier for uh, for Patrick Hornquist who goes to Florida what are you doing Pittsburgh honestly I am not happy with this trade Pittsburgh basically sometimes like no offense to Sevier and Matheson but they are not top guys Matheson is a third line pair Colton Sevier is a fourth third line at the most Hornquist was a better player I don't know what you're doing. Sorry, Florida wins this trade, hands down. Made a good trade to bring Kasperi Kapanen, in, but then you do this. Why? What is your reasoning? Uh, but 
it is what it is this trade was held up a couple days ago as they couldn't get a hold of Hornquist to approve the trade but it has happened and it is done so that finishes up our trade tracker for this time all right we got some signing september 4th or september 1st started our signing period uh the king signed austin wagner to a three-year 1.133 million uh per year contract and good for them good for good depth player you know it fits in their lineup but they're still on a rebuild uh, September 10th, we had Edmonton signs forward Adam Cranackle, a one-year deal at 700000 Good, Good for them. You know, again, depth signing, maybe make the crackle of the lineup next year. Third line max, I would say. St. Louis, again, uh, makes a signing on this day. They signed Jacob Della Rose to a one-year seven hundred thousand con a year thousand dollars a year contract and again depth signing for them september 11th uh kings back up again they saw lock up defenseman sean walker with the four-year deal with the 2.65 million annual value good for them honestly i think he's a good defenseman he will be a won't be a future star, but he will be an impactful defenseman for the years to come. Moving on to September 15th, Arizona solidifies their goaltending by signing Aiden Hill to a one-year $800,000 contract. With Kemper rumored to be leaving either via the trade, Aiden Hill gives them a good backup to Auntie Ranta at a cheap deal. Big signing for Minnesota as they sign Jonas Brodeen to a seven-year deal uh, worth $6 million annually average. So I think this is a good deal for them, but it also makes me question what are they doing with Matt Dumba? Will he be traded before the end of the before the end of the next start of the next season, or will he stay and be traded at the deadline, depending on how Minnesota plays? So interesting uh, to see what happens there. Next day, on September 16th, Montreal signs recently acquired defenseman Joel Edmondson to a four-year deal. AVV was $3.5 million. Again, not too bad for cap on a cap hit, but it is going to be an interesting way on how Montreal uses Edmondson as well as their defenseman that they have now. With on the 18th, Pittsburgh re-signs Jared McCann forward two years, and AVV is $2.94 million. He played well for them in the playoffs, veteran experience coming over. I don't know if this plays into the part what they're trying to do with the solidify, you know, half new, half old. Uh, let's see what happens. It's only going to be in the future what will entail and on september 24th buffalo signs forward curtis lazar the former first round pick uh really hasn't found his stride from ottawa to calgary now to buffalo 
Uh, it's a two-year deal. He did play decently for them this season, but it's going to be interesting to see how he plays and if he can reach that first-round level. And his deal is worth $800,000 annually. Uh, some news. We'll get some quick news going here. We have got three major news in the NHL currently. The Ottawa Senators are parting ways with goaltender Craig Anderson, and he will be leaving for free agency after a long time with the Senators having about nine records he holds there. Sad to see him leave. He is 39 years old, but I wish him good luck for the next season. And, you know, who knows? Someone might take a chance on him as a goaltender, as a backup. There are many teams looking for a backup. Look at uh, St. Louis can have him as a cheap backup. Uh, who else is looking for a goaltender? You know, Edmonton could look at him as well. I don't think they're going to re-sign Mike Smith. He did not have the greatest year. Uh, secondly, biggest news, uh, Petra Angelo is expected to test free agent waters as per St. Louis. And the three front-running teams are Calgary, Vegas, and Toronto. Calgary, you have two big defensemen, free agents this year, TDA Brody and um, Travis Hamannick. Whether they resign them or not, it's going to be a question mark. They are looking at Taylor Hall to bring back as they need a winger, a great developed winger. But Petrangelo will be great in Calgary as that top pairing with Giordano. Vegas, they need a right shot defenseman on the right side to solidify that side. They are strong on the left, but they are weak on the right. So Vegas, and they have the cap to do it. Toronto, they've always needed a number one defenseman. Unfortunately, Morgan Riley is not there yet, and they need someone. And until they can shred some cap, they won't be able to sign Petrolangelo. Uh, speaking of Calgary, they are the front runners to land Kemper. They've also tallled in on Oliver Ekman Larson, who is available for trades. I believe it's going to be a big trade if this goes through uh, with Calgary giving up Riddick. I don't think they keep Riddick. They're going to give up Riddick and a first round pick. If Oliver Lechman Larsman is involved, I would expect a top prospect and either Noah Hannafin or Yusuf Alamaki to be part of that deal. But let's see what goes on in the coming days. This was our first podcast here for Post to Post. We are going to continue this series and we will see you all next time only here on cmru.ca. 